right. So I almost feel somewhat obligated to review. That's just how I teach. Uh, we'll review quickly. Um, this was our course schedule, and we didn't quite get this one done. Uh, oh, well. We tried. Um, but we did an overview of the basic teachings. Remember the main points there um, were that, wow, let me get it. <laughs> but the main points there is they are um, uh, premillennial. You remember we talked about that. Their, their basic, uh, you know, their timeline and all is premillennialist, where they believe that the second coming of Christ, though they wouldn't call it the second coming, do you remember the word they use? The presence, right. The translation of the Greek word parousia. The second coming is going to be before the 1,000-year reign of Christ on earth. Okay? That's how you define a premillennialist. But there are significant differences between watchtower premillennialism and mainstream premillennialism. Some significant differences. For example, no rapture, uh, those kinds of things. Um, there's not seven years of, of tribulation and, and all that. So we did look at premillennialism. We looked at the Watchtower Society. And again, that is the uh, really the crux of it. If, if the Watchtower Society can be proven to be God's organization, then the specific doctrines don't matter because they come from the Watchtower. And if that's God's organization, they must be true, right? However, if the Watchtower Society is not God's organization, and you can show that to be true, then it doesn't matter. They're making false claims. You have no reason to follow them. You see, so that's really, it hinges on that. Is the Watchtower God's organization or not? And it can be shown clearly that, that they are not. So uh, we looked also at their teaching about the nature of God. Uh, Jesus is not deity. Uh, and Pat's covered that with you fairly well. Not the specific Jehovah's Witness teaching. I suppose the main peculiarity they would have on that is the belief that Michael... The angel is Jesus, and, and that's one and the same. That would be their, their one peculiar belief about that. But beyond that, just the belief that Jesus is, is not deity. Um, the other is they don't believe the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God's active force, and he, he is not a person. And that reminds me of a question you had on the first night about John 16 and Acts 5, 3, and 4, and how the New World Translation read on those. And I looked that up. And while the reading is a little different, and occasionally, instead of he, in reference to the Holy Spirit, they'll use that one instead of he to, to kind of depersonalize it. They still use he a lot in their translation. I'll say this. If you read the New World Translation, you would still get the same distinct impression that the Holy Spirit is a person. You would still get that impression from just reading the New World Translation. There are a couple of subtleties that would that may not make that point as powerful uh, on that. Um, but yeah, it's, you still, in, um, in Acts 3, which again I think is the most powerful point to show A, the Holy Spirit is a person, and B, the Holy Spirit is God. You'll remember the context, Ananias and Sapphira, the, the, they lied, Acts 5, did I, what did I say? Acts 3. Acts 3. It's Acts 5, 3 and 4, so thank you. But Acts 5 is Ananias and Sapphira. The, um, you know, first Peter says, uh, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. Their translation, the New World Translation says, you have played false with the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's, you know, same, same thing. Uh, and, yeah, I think so. I think that's, that, um, 
played falsely, yeah, something like that. It could be. I, I remember it just wasn't the word lie, but still, Holy Spirit was there. Uh, obviously not capitalized, of course. Yeah. So, real quick, the, uh, the, their translation on that, um, uh, play false. Yeah, that's what they say. Play false. Ananias, why has Satan emboldened you to play false to the Holy Spirit and to hold back secretly some of the price of the field? Play false, lie. I mean, I get that same impression. What do they do in verse 4? The same thing. You, you got to play false, not to men, but to God. It's the same. Yeah, that's, that's one of those. And, and whenever you can, when studying with a Jehovah's Witness, why don't you read that in your Bible? You know, because, again, they're, all, they're already going to have in the back of their minds that Bible you have, whether it's King James, New King James, whatever, it's, it's not a good translation. First of all, because it doesn't use Jehovah everywhere unless it's the American Standard Version, and then it doesn't use Jehovah in the New Testament, which they do, even though you know, it doesn't match up with the original text. They still have done that. Uh, um, so, so anytime you can, this would be one of those where you could do that. I mean, can you lie or play false to an active force? No, that's something that's done to a person, right? You lie to a person, not to an active force. Um, and the same, um, Peter makes it so clear, you lie to the Holy Spirit, you lie to God. And, and th- those are interchangeable uh, right there in that same context. So I think that's the most powerful passage to show both the personality of the Holy Spirit and the deity of the Holy Spirit. Um, questions? Someone looked like they were about to say something. Dan? I'll uh, you can get, I mean, you can get them just about anywhere. Uh, this is one, again, Bob gave me. The, it's kind of a, you know, it, like I was talking about last night, you're, you're, you're sending money to the, the corporation, you know what I mean? You might find a Jehovah's Witness who will give it to you. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, that'd be good. That'd be the best place to find when you use bookstore. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's my point about the Watchtower Society. Is they're a billion-dollar organization that has ingeniously uh, figured out a way to have an unpaid sales force, and it's that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses do: sell. Watchtower Publications going door to door. And this is the New World Translation. Yeah, Joseph Smith is Mormon, right? Yeah. I, could, I honestly, after a week, I see how it runs together, buddy. I, I see how it runs together. Yes, I do. The New World Translation. Um, and if you go to watchtower.org, you can read it online in the meantime. So that's that's something you can do. Um, yeah, it's not as good as as like some of the other online translations where you can search it and all that. You can basically just browse it and bring up a book and a chapter, but it's not it's not searchable or anything like that. So you kind of need to know what you're looking for when you go there. Say again. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, that whole Internet thing would be new to them, wouldn't it? <laughs> they discouraged that. Um, so we looked at those basic teachings, the nature of man. Remember, spirit, body. Uh, spirit uh, has no existence beyond the, the death of the body. The soul, remember, is the sum of the body and the spirit. 
So when the body dies, guess what dies? The soul dies, right? Because the soul is body plus spirit, so the soul has to die. I mean, one of the components of the soul is missing. And they all... Jerusalem, and we looked at Daniel 4, verse 28, 
which says all these things happened in Nebuchadnezzar. Pointing out that even though some Old Testament prophecies have an immediate fulfillment and then a longer-reaching spiritual fulfillment in God's purpose of bringing about the kingdom, but that's not one of them. And, and it's not looking to Jerusalem at all. But they have their elaborate 360-day years that then turn into 25 120 days, and then you make that each day for a year, and then from 607 to 1914. That was, that's it. In 1914, Jesus came back silently, and their proof text for that, um, for the, the, the parousia, that it was, that his second coming was, was a silent presence, is in the New World Translation. They don't call it a coming, they call it a presence. And we read Matthew 24, which is where they turn to, to, to show it was a presence, parousia, presence, not coming. You read Matthew 24, do you remember anyone getting the idea that it was going to be silent? No, right? The point was, you'll know when these things are going to happen. Now, Matthew 24, the majority of that chapter isn't even about the end of time. We did note that. It's about the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. The, the vast majority of that chapter is. But... Even if you grant that it's at the end of time, and that's what it's about, it still is not silent. It's clear that, that people are going to know. There will be things that make it clear that, that, that this is what has. It's not a silent uh, presence. And then we looked at the 144,000, um, Revelation 7 and Revelation 14. They take the 144,000 literally, but what about the 12,000 times 12 that gets 144,000? Oh, those 12,000 are figurative numbers. Why? Because they don't believe the anointed, the 144,000, are Jews. So those 12,000 must be listing of the 12,000 of the tribes. That, those are figurative. So 12,000 figurative plus 12,000 figurative plus 12,000 figurative equals 144,000 literal, right? That's, that's, that's how math works, isn't it? So that's, that's, uh, that's, their, that's the, the big hole in their 144,000 theory. The great crowd. Do you remember the great crowd that's there in Revelation uh, uh, Revelation 7? Is, the great crowd is mentioned there along with the 144,000. Yeah, they were in heaven. They were before the throne, right? Before the throne of God. Where's the throne of God? In heaven. In that, it, it, it's there. And then we looked at Revelation 19, which is the one that really makes it clear. And I'm going to read again from the New World Translation. Revelation 19. Now remember, Jehovah's Witnesses believe they're not part of the 144,000, can't be, but they're part of this great crowd that has the earthly hope of living forever on earth. Right? So Revelation 19, verse 1. After these things I heard what was a loud voice of a great crowd in heaven. So that's one of those where you can say to a Jehovah's Witness, read Revelation 19, 1 from your Bible. Okay, where is the great crowd? In heaven, right? And that's one of those where they just, they, they, they'll be faced with, you know, and you can count on the answer being, well, we have an organization in New York that explains these complicated topics to us. I don't understand all of that, but they, they've, they've, they understand it. They've explained that the great crowd is on earth. And that will be their response, which is why I say you have to go back to the watchtower. And you have to show that the Watchtower is not God's organization, right? And we looked at the 1914 date is a key way to do that uh, because of all the um, all the holes in that theory. The 2,520 days of prophecy that doesn't apply to Jerusalem, they've applied to Jerusalem. 
and you know the wrong date. And then we also looked um, at the Bible.ca. That, that website has a long list of failed watchtower prophecies. So the negative prophecy didn't work. You know, the world was going to end in 1874. Well, okay, 1914. Well, okay, 1914 wasn't when the world ended. It was just the silent coming of Jesus. Oh, Armageddon is going to happen in 1925. Uh, 1926 comes along. Well, okay, it's going to be 1975. All right, then 1975 comes along. Within a few months, it's going to happen. Not, not years, months. Okay, it's going to be before the generation that saw the events of 1914 dies. Then in 1995, they just silently change that to, you know, the end is near. Right? So that's... Uh, that's, the, that's just a, an abbreviated list. It goes on and on and on. And the average Jehovah's Witness that knocks on your door has no idea that the Watchtower has made those failed prophecies because they can't read anti-Watchtower uh, publications and that's information. Jesus mm-hmm. and other people. Uh, my specific how question. You don't question it. Well, how much Jesus is? If you jump his head, he says, no. Oh, you got a question? Here, go to the evidence. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. The truth is not a question. Good. Very good. Very good. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, a, a powerful uh, suggestion to use. Um, if they're truly God's organization, why would they be afraid for you to scrutinize them? If, if they're truly from God, you examine the evidence, it's only going to bear it out. Right? Don't be afraid. That's, I, I think, a, a very good way to approach that with him. Try me. Yeah. See if I won't bless you. <laughs> Turn away from this. See if I won't bless you. That's the point in Malachi, isn't it? Yeah. See if I won't bless you. I will. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Yeah. Um, all right, so tonight there's one thing that if you're going to deal with a Jehovah's Witness, you have to be aware of, and this is the theocratic war doctrine, or the theocratic war strategy. You have to be aware of it. Keeping in mind that the average Jehovah's Witness that you come into contact with is is going to be honest, sincere, moral, they're going to be committed, they're going to be prepared, they're generally, the rank and file are generally good people, um, some of which have been duped, some of which have been raised that way. And it's really hard to turn away from what you've been taught all your life. Um, so that's the general rule. So I'm not, in, in putting this, I want to make this very clear. I'm not accusing the, the Jehovah's Witnesses in general as being a bunch of liars. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying are the elders uh, of a group and the watchtower and those who are in authority in the organization have no problem lying to you. Um, they don't have any problem doing that. And they will lie if they think it accomplishes their objectives. The theocratic war doctrine or theocratic war strategy. Simply put, it's just the right to lie or withhold truth if you're doing Jehovah's work. And that's what it is. Now, and I talk about it, how uh, ironic it is. Ironically, they deny teaching this doctrine. <laughs> You tell them the truth? No. Do you lie? No, I don't lie. <laughs> so uh, they, they do deny that. And again, lying in general is not condoned. It's not condoned in their booklets. They don't teach that it's okay to lie just any time it's convenient for you. 
you must be doing Jehovah's work. And they would even restrict it to saying, you, you should only lie to the enemies of God. You shouldn't, you shouldn't lie to... You, you can lie to someone who has no right to know the truth. If he doesn't have the right to know the truth, then you may lie to him. And that's important because uh, they will lie to you. And this doctrine is peculiar to them. Uh, Pat mentioned the Catholic organization and their, their teaching that, that it would be okay to lie. But, but very, very few... And that was news to me. I didn't know that when I wrote this, so you might you might note that. But but I, it's just not a common doctrine in a religious organization to say it's okay to lie under any circumstances. Truth is generally held in much higher regard uh, than that. Uh, and again, you know, I have this note, and, and I wrote it out um, just because on the first page, just because you challenged the Jehovah's Witness and caused him to see a watchtower error, you may not have accomplished anything. Even if you succeed in baptizing a Jehovah's Witness, he's likely to become lost again uh, if he has any continued contact with the Jehovah's Witnesses he's from. Um, They will stop at nothing, including lying to the former member about you to win them back. Now, how could they lie to another Jehovah's Witness? Well, you see, once he left and was baptized, you know, he's no longer Jehovah's Witness. He has no right to, you know, to know the truth. It's accomplishing Jehovah's work to bring him back into the Jehovah's Witnesses. So they will lie to you. Uh, Just mm-hmm. curiosity, uh, I have personal experience. Um, there, I, there was a, a young lady. It was back in, I want to say, about 93 or 94 a young lady from the Kingdom Hall here in town, and um, she studied with the Steels and studied with Lee and I and studied with some others and eventually was baptized. Um, and she attended here for a little while. And it was, um, we were all excited, things were going well, and she went back, um, she, was, she was a young black lady. I only bring up race in the story because it is important to the story. Um, and she, at the time, was the only black member here at Eastside. And so she went back and had some contact with the Kingdom Hall here in town. And they told her, oh, you've made a huge mistake. You see, the Church of Christ, that is a white man's church. They will, they will single you out for being black. They are a bunch of racists. And that was, that was enough to, to, to shatter her very young, tender faith. And she turned away and never came back. Never, ever came back. So, I mean, that's a bold-faced lie. Um, and they, they will do that. To, to do that. There's, there's not even a grain of truth to that. But, I mean, at the time, she was the only black member, but still, that, that's more of a, a culture thing here than, than anything. Um, you get far from... You get far from Athens, Alabama, and and you will see Christians of all different uh, races and, and colors and backgrounds. You'll see the lion and the lamb, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so that is, that's my personal experience. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's a great question. I, I, I encourage that in, um, at any time, but that one's one that, that's why I really wanted to make sure that we talked about this one, because that is, that has happened, and that was crushing and disappointing that, that it did happen that way. 
um, you know, if you research it on the internet, you'll find some some sites that you know that have evidence that they've taught this uh, in Watchtower uh, publications that they've taught. Uh, and and I may have cited a couple of quotes here. Um, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I did. I cited a couple of Watchtower books that do show that indeed they taught they teach this. Though again, if you just ask an elder, I don't know what you're talking about. It's been blown up. Somebody's told you a, a, a lie about the Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, and he knows he's lying. <laughs> so, yeah. so how can they teach that lying is uh, justifiable? How can they do that? Um, they don't admit to teaching lying. They justify by changing the definition of lying. The definition of lying is restricted to telling an untruth to someone who's not entitled to know the truth. Okay? So if you're not entitled to know the truth, then it's okay to lie to you. Right? Um, so how do you, how do you define who has the right to know the truth? Well, the enemies of God don't have the right to know the truth. Who's an enemy of God? Anyone who's not a Jehovah's Witness. See how it works? So, um, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. yeah. I mean that. that yeah. Yeah. So, so sometimes uh, Jehovah's Witness, when he lies, he's not going to believe he's lying because um, because he doesn't define lying the way the, the way the rest of the world defines lying. Lying isn't simply telling an untruth. Lying is telling an untruth to someone who doesn't have the right to know the truth. That's, that's what lying is. So he, he'll say he doesn't believe lying is okay in any circumstance, right? Well, because he's defined lying as, you know, not just telling an untruth, but telling an untruth. You see how if you change that definition of lying, you know, and work on a different premise than the rest of the world. Uh, and they would also attempt to have you believe that they would never say an outright falsehood. Um, and and it's, a, it's hard to find that in their... Uh, in their documentation, I didn't see anywhere where the, the Watchtower says it's okay to tell an outright falsehood, something you know to be absolutely false. Rather, they would say um, it's okay to be evasive. It's okay to, you know, to, to withhold information. It's okay to, you know, to... Um, yeah, I guess be evasive was about the strongest word they used. However, my experience, you know, whenever I asked the young lady... Um, because it's being recorded, I'm not going to mention a name, but just whenever I asked the young lady why, um, that was what she told me that they told her and, and wouldn't listen to, to any other reasoning behind it because, you know, it was back to the Watchtower is God's organization and I was wrong to have ever doubted that, you know, back into that mindset instantly. Um, so it, it's, you know, that was an outright lie. That wasn't withholding information, right? That was an outright falsehood that they had no basis for. Um, so again, I, I've got some definitions uh, on the second page. Um, lies or untruths told for selfish reasons and which work injury to others. So if the motive is unselfish the untru- and the untruth will not injure others, then it's not a lie. You see that? Say again. Yeah, it's not hurting anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do. I do hear that. That's a common worldly argument for immoral behavior. Right? Yeah, yes, exactly. No. It's 
still wrong. That's correct. That's correct. Um, so here's another. I, I cited a different uh, definition from the Aid to Bible Understanding, which was published in 1971, pages um, 1060 to 1061. Um, lying generally involves saying something false to a person who is entitled to know the truth. Did you catch that? So when is it lying? When you're talking, when you're saying something untrue to someone who is entitled to know the truth, and doing so with the intent to deceive or injure him or another person. Uh, so that's someone who's not a Jehovah's Witness is not entitled to know the truth. So you can lie to someone who's not a Jehovah's Witness, and it's not really lying. Um, again, and that last quote from a 1957 publication of the Watchtower, uh, um, and and you know, it was an article entitled Use Theocratic War Strategy. And again, I, I don't want to bore you to death reading to you, but uh, lies are untruths told for selfish reasons and which work injury to others. Satan told a lie to Eve that worked great harm to her and all the human race. Ananias and Sapphira told lies for selfish reasons. But hiding the truth, which he is not entitled to know from an enemy, does not harm him, especially when he would use such information to harm others who are innocent. So again, and they would, you know, they would go and say, "Look, we don't say it's okay to lie. We only say it's okay to withhold information or be evasive." And that's just not how they practice it. Uh, again, personal experience bears that out. Well, you take that quote. This answers your question. Here's the doctor says, even though the last part talks about hiding truth, it's mm-hmm. in the context of deciding what a lie is. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Paul, Here's a lie. Yeah. It's a lie only if you're entitled Watchtower publications. The most recent I could find in my research was from the mid-80s. That was the most recent that I could find. Um, so that's still 20 years old, but they have not changed it. Mm-hmm. Well, let me take some of my Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. So I, I could definitely be wrong. Um, they were talking to Baptist, though. 
They were to be wise as serpents in that they were not to, to call attention. They were, they were to avoid danger um, when they could avoid it, uh, harmless as doves, and that they weren't to call attention to what they were doing to bring danger upon themselves. I think that's probably the best section. But to read into that, that it's okay to lie, it's just not, I mean, that, is, that passage doesn't support that at all. Um, Joshua 2, 1 through 21, the story of Rahab. Correct? You remember that story of Rahab? And Rahab was a harlot. Uh, Rahab housed the men. She lied uh, to the men from Jericho who came looking for the men from Israel. She lied and said that they were, you know, they were gone. You know, if you go, if you go that way, you'll find them. So Rahab told an outright lie. Whereas in Hebrews 11 and verse 31, Rahab's faith is, is commended. So their point there would be, Lying is okay. Exactly, exactly, and I think that's exactly the uh, the reasoning behind that. Rahab's faith is what's commended. She did what she did because she had heard. She did what she did out of ignorance. She did what she did because, and Joshua too bears this out because she had heard that the land was really theirs. Um, the Bible nowhere condones her lying, and the Bible nowhere condones her harlotry. The Bible condones the faith that led her to do what she thought was best to, to try to, to um, you know, to, to earn mercy from God. That's what the Bible commands, that faith. But never does the Bible say that Rahab was great in, in lying. There was no more strength in them. That's right. And, and you're right. That she's plural on that, but she's one who did something about it. Yeah. Rather than try to, to, to prevent it from happening. Right. Which is... Well, I guess the bottom line would be, well, the Bible covenant, you know, 
told an outright lie to the people. I mean, there's no way to get around that. And that this is one of their proof texts uh, that it is okay to lie. And I'm, ho I'm hoping someone can help me with this. Uh, I know this is a time of war, um, but that's why they've so named their doctrine the theocratic war strategy or the theocratic war doctrine. Um, I think, go ahead. I, I'm going to say this is authoritative or anything like that, but I would think more of the case if somebody robbed Oakdale Road or something like that there, and the police came knocking on my door and they were looking for me because I did it. First thing I'd say is, how about the man you're looking for? Right. The man you're looking for is so and so down the street. Let me take you to So that's a little bit of a stretch, but what I think is what I should say here is, there's nothing going to change the plans here. Mm -hmm. The man, we're, we're taking you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just the fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, reasonable, reasonable. Um, Why don't we look for something? Did he go there and ask him if he was Elisha? They didn't outright ask him if he was Elisha. They did not do that, but... There's none of that communication. Yeah. 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 No, he didn't say that, but he did say, you know, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. Yeah, I mean, I, I see your point. I do. I see your point. Um, yeah, I see your point. And, and you know, and, and I guess you could follow that even to, to the point to say. You know, I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. And he did do that. He brought them to Samaria, but Elisha was still there when they got to Samaria. And so when they opened their eyes, you know, they saw both Elisha and the king. Uh, that, that's certainly one way to look at it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. In a different place, yeah. Yeah, and, and clearly, you know, I think it's... Um, there, even if Elisha lied, and, and you could, you know, I, I think it, you'd have a hard time saying he didn't lie. I mean, I see your reasoning there, Dan, but I think you'd have a really hard time convincing someone um, who was, you know, bent on believing in, in lying. You'd have a hard time convincing them that Elisha didn't lie in this passage. But I still think your reasoning is quite valid. Um, uh, the, I guess, you know, yeah. Uh, maybe along the line of what Greg was saying, I guess it's maybe a stretch of what I'm going to say too, but, um, uh, you know, that back in verse 8, Syria was warring with Israel, mm -hmm. and Israel, because of Elisha, Israel was saved several times. Mm -hmm. but now, he brings, Elisha brings Syria to the king of Israel. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, here's who you really want to see. Yeah. Here's the man you've been fighting. Mm -hmm. And here's your, you know, you're at his hand now. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing that did happen after that, I mean, Elisha, sure, throughout the story, operated with integrity, that's for sure. Because, you know, the king, what did he want to do? Right? He wanted to kill him. And Elisha said, is that really what you should do? And, and so Elisha spared him, for sure. He, he behaved with integrity, no doubt, uh, in the story. Um, and, and the other thing, what I was getting at is, even if it's shown that Elisha lied, one thing that's also shown is that God approved because he, he worked these miracles at Elisha's request. 
you know, and, and God does not do that when someone is is involved in you know in the in the sin. I think that's a truth that's borne out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I see your point. I see your point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah. So, um, I know this probably wouldn't, again, wouldn't convince these people, but, uh, that are set on believing that, but, uh, I think it's just simply saying, if we're going to change plans, mm-hmm. this is the new plan. Mm-hmm. There's another, this is the new plan, and this is what we're going to go do, because you're not in a position to verbalize. Mm-hmm. And secondarily, after this, there was a cessation, if I recall properly, there was a cessation of hostility between them, so, uh, You know, I, I've kind of divided up Jehovah's Witness proof text. Have Jehovah's Witnesses read this verse. You know, and, and you're right. Ephesians four uh, is is very clear, twenty through twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and one explanation I've heard that I do have a difficult time with, and and following it to all of its logical conclusions. So if you guys were coming here hoping I would have all the answers, <laughs> I, I've tried. I think I've done okay so far, but this one, I'm telling you, I, I'm a little, uh, uh, so anyway, um, but I'm not too proud to say, yeah, I don't know, I don't know for sure. But one explanation I've heard, and, and there are a number of examples of lying in the Old Testament during times of warfare. For example, David fleeing from Saul. I mean, he, he, he lied, you know, about his whereabouts from time to time. Um, you know, it, he and Jonathan had the agreement to, to get David away because he knew Saul was going to try to kill him. Um, you know, he, he pretended to be a madman. Um, he, he lied to Ahimelech. Is that right? Ahimelech? At the, uh, about the showbread. You remember that story? And Jesus even references that story. Um, I don't think Jesus is giving approval to what David did in that story. I think Jesus is rather pointing out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees saying, you don't condemn David and he did this, yet you're condemning me. Um, so I think that was more the reasoning Jesus was using in that, in that story. However, um, uh, you know, I have heard it argued that during times of physical warfare that God allowed uh, certain deception uh, to take place as part of the war strategy itself, and uh, you know I, I've I've heard that offered as an explanation. I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that's what I believe because I haven't really followed that out to all of its logical conclusions and consequences yet. But that is certainly I, I know brethren who hold that you know that particular view, and so I, I'm not I'm not sure that I'm one who holds that. I, I've always been of the belief that it's never, ever, ever okay to lie. Uh, that's always been my position on that, and um, I'm not quite ready to give that one up because I've held that one pretty dear. It would take some convincing evidence to the contrary. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you drop that up, I was going to mention that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily convinced of it, but right. I'll ask under what you just said. 
Are you telling me to subject us to perhaps the fight war? What? Would you, are all of us here going to solve the fight war? Would we be telling to subject us to perhaps the fight war? Would you, Eric? I'll, I'll be the only one, yeah. Well, go ahead. The argument you just made can only be made by someone who can come to subject okay? I believe it's wrong to fight for I see your point. Now, when the other Christians say it's right, but generally people that isn't like this, okay, I believe it's already wrong to kill. You just said it's already wrong to lie. But I believe the Israelites are going to kill in war because God told them to. Doctrines, the commandments of men, but I don't remember 
how that got involved as a proof text for lying. So I'm going to have to look at that one. You know that Jesus sometimes answers the question. Oh, yes, 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 that's it, that's it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So thank you very much for, yeah. That's why I wrote everything out, because this was prepared uh, Saturday evening. I've slept quite a few times since Saturday and haven't really looked at this particular lesson since Saturday. So thanks, Pat. Uh, yes, and that's, that's one of their uh, arguments there, is that Jesus oftentimes was evasive when asked questions. Uh, and so that authorizes them to be evasive when they're asked. And that's not, not, Jesus wasn't evasive. He asked questions, not to avoid answering their questions, but to draw the one who asked the question to a proper, truthful conclusion. And that was, that was his purpose in, in answering questions with questions. Again, the truth about it, have Jehovah's Witnesses read Ephesians 4.20 that, that Kevin brought up. Um, you know, it, it, Christians are to love the truth even if the truth causes harm or inconvenience. Put away lie. Do not lie. The covenant we're under could not be more clear about that point. Do not lie. Uh, where does deception come from? you remember that dialogue that, that Jesus had with the Jews in John 8. A very bitter dialogue, but fascinating in how he handled that. Um, and, you know, you are, you know, your father is the devil. And, you know, he, he's, he's a liar and has been from the beginning. Exactly, exactly. How did sin enter the world? By a lie. By a, a lie. Uh, Eve believed the lie. That's how sin. So anytime. That, and I've used this in teaching younger Christians about the importance of, importance of, of honesty. Any time you think that deceiving someone is a good idea, remember who is the deceiver. Remember how sin got into this world. Remember that. Remember who's the father of deception. You're like Satan when you do that. And that's... That, I think, has been a powerful point that you can see the light turn on. Oh, yeah, I can see. You know, you can see it turn on when you're, when you're teaching about that. Christians are to be so characterized by honesty um, and honoring their word that, and, and I've made this point as well to, to younger Christians in particular, you are, as a Christian, supposed to be so characterized by honesty and integrity and uprightness and truth that you never even have to say, I promise. You never have to say that. Because when you say it, they, they know by your, by your honesty that you don't, even, you don't ever even have to say it. And then I'll use this illustration. I'll say, now imagine the strongest Christian you know. Now just in your mind, think about it. Imagine that person. Now imagine that you couldn't believe what they said unless they said, I promise. And they can't. Those, those two ideas are, you know, you, you, when you pick the person you admire the most, you, you can't, you believe it. You, you don't, you, just in their mind, they don't have to say, I promise. They don't have to swear. You, you don't, you know, it's, that's not, a, and so that's always made a good point. And that's what we're to strive to be, honest, honest people. Now, characterized by truth, we're to love truth. Love truth in, in all its forms, we're to love truth. They have to say, I promise, and that means you might doubt them when there's no problem. Exactly. Exactly. 
And I think that's the main point of these passages that, that, are, that are teaching not to make an oath. I think that's the point. If you're going to be a disciple of Christ, be characterized by honesty so that you don't have to swear. You know, I think it's a prohibition from, you know, taking an oath in a courtroom. I think it is a, you know, you do not have to promise. You, you say you don't think it's appropriate? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's a conflict. Yeah. 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 All right, so the end that we've been waiting for. <laughs> the summary, theocratic war strategy is how they conceal, that is how they conceal changes to their doctrine. Okay? That's how they justify that. And I've mentioned how that when things change, the new release of that, you know, they'll, they'll have a new edition of whatever book it was that has some, some old doctrine in it, and they'll change that doctrine in the new edition, and the old editions are gone. The only way to have one of those is to actually have an exact copy of it. You won't get another one. Okay? Uh, and, the, and they use theocratic war strategy. That's how they justify changes to their doctrines, and, and they conceal those changes that way. And if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're not, you have to be really careful and, and out to get the Watchtower. So, the little, they have a Watchtower book, mm-hmm. and then there's the other one, what's the other name? I don't know that they would. I really don't. Do you think they would change that? I, I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know. Yeah, I, I don't really know exactly how they would handle that. I know they will go back on their books and do and do that kind of thing. But I, I don't know on the periodical, the Watchtower. I'm not sure. I would not be surprised. But I know you'd have a hard time getting one unless you knew someone who had, you know, a copy of that. case 
um, they'll lie about the character and, and behavior of that person in a courtroom. They will do that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's how they cover up. I say nine or ten just being very, very conservative uh, in time prophecies. They'll cover, they'll, they'll lie to cover up those up uh, by changing, by the periodical that might have that, they'll, they'll change that to, to reflect that. And ironically, they deny teaching that, that it's okay to lie. <laughs> ironically. Uh, no, we have seen some evidence that they do. Thank you so much for your attention. Any more final thoughts, questions?